Welcome to The Beacon, your connection to nonprofit success. Now here's your Lighthouse Council host. Hi, welcome to The Beacon Podcast, your connection to nonprofit success. I'm David Key, Lighthouse Council Senior Consultant and your host for today's discussion on philanthropy and the Hispanic and Latinx. Joining us today is Patricia Ramirez-Pickney, founder of the REMA Strategy and Marketing. She provides C-level services in fractional capacity and helping organizations of all sizes achieve quantifiable growth objectives. Through decades of work with some of the world's leading emotional intelligence and cultural intelligence experts, Patty has cultivated a deep understanding of human nature. That understanding combined with her brand development experience at Fortune 500 companies and nonprofit organizations allows her to help organizations develop strategies that realize overlooked growth in new multicultural mainstream economy, focusing on capturing the booming U.S. Latinx population. She has 20 years of international and multicultural experience in marketing, operations, streamlining, and turnaround and the executive guidance. Early in her career, she worked in positioning leading brands, including Sprite, Minute Maid, Pampers, Mr. Clean, and more. Patty teaches mindfulness practices rooted in neuroscience and is fluent in both English and Spanish. Patty, thanks for joining us today. We're excited to have you on the Beacon Podcast. Thank you, David. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Great. My first question is, Hispanic and Latinx communities have a long tradition of giving, but Blackball found that they are not asked for donations as frequently as other communities. What do you think fundraising professionals are missing when it comes to engaging with Hispanic and Latinx donors? Well, that's a great question, David. In fact, I think that the first thing that fundraising experts are missing is is to see and realize the huge opportunity that exists within the Latino market and the, the high return on investment that some of that, that, that focusing on this market could bring. For instance, the Latino markets are, Latinos are the largest minority in the U.S. with 18% of the population, followed by African-Americans with 13%. We are the fastest growing segment in the U.S. economy. The Latino community is very young. It has a very strong upper mobility factor. And for instance, some there are certain misconceptions or misunderstandings about the Latino community. We are young and most of the growth that the, the economic growth of the United States is coming from the Latino community. For instance, if you would take the United States GDPs and then gather all the Latinos in the United States and make it make them their own country, it would be the eighth largest economy in the world. It will be almost as big as India's or and larger than Canada's. So there's a huge economic power in that in that cohort that it's being missed and and money is being left on the table because of that. So I would say that that organizations need in general to be aware of where the the growth trends are coming and anticipating those growth trends and focusing on that. For organizations to to tap into this great opportunity, 
I would summarize the process in, in the concept of cultural intelligence. For instance, we all know that we have our, our regular intelligence, our emotional intelligence, but there's, some, there's, a, there's an intelligence that can be developed that is called cultural intelligence that usually it's applied to different cultures in other countries. For instance, one of the best practices if an organization in the States would like to go to another country and expand there, let's say France, the first thing that they would do is to try to understand that culture and try to understand that what are their values, what are their, what makes them tick, what are their demographics and their customs, et cetera, and then relate better to them. They don't have, they wouldn't have to be, to stop being American, right? We can still be American, but when we travel to France or want to address that culture, we become very, very aware of that culture's uniqueness. And we usually appreciate that. And that is a requirement for getting better results between cultures. And sometimes we forget that when we are talking about different groups within the United States, different cultures. We say we are a multicultural economy or we are multicultural mainstream. but we forget then that we are just like the French, for instance, in my example, we are a culture. So for us to work together in general, not only with the Hispanic community, it's very important to try to understand. So that would be the first, the first step to take, trying to understand with this sense of wonder. Oh, let's see, let's see who this cohort is. Let me try to understand it without having to necessarily feeling that they're different so there must be something wrong or anything we just we just are unique each other and for us to work together and to address donors in the latino community for instance the first best practice is to try to understand who this culture is so it's it's a very very exciting process and one that that needs to happen and it's good for everyone for organizations to relate authentically to different cohorts and for the communities that these organizations serve or address in a dignified way, in, a, in an authentic way, I would say. Thank you. There's a lot of diversity within the Hispanic and Latinx community itself, and there are major differences. Are there major differences in giving habits between different countries of origin? say yes of course we have the latino community is a very multi-dimensional community we have different countries of origin different times where where when they came to this country we have different generations as well and each one of these variables bring a new dimension to 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 the profile of that group so I would say that, yes, in a, in a way, for instance, Cubans are the oldest population of within the Latino cohort with a median age of 40 years old. And Guatemalans are very, very young with a recent arrival, you know, because of the socioeconomic issues in their country. Mexicans are right in the middle, in the median. So older people would have, in general, more resources than the younger population who might be just, just starting in the workforce. So that's one of those dimensions. But also, I think more than, than where they come from, would it be there are certain 
aspects of the Latino community that that need to be considered when asking for donations or developing a strategy. And one of them would be, how can we have a conversation with this cohort about how we're helping, finding out what their values are by by country of origin, but sometimes it's not country of origin, the most important variable, but generationally or geographically, where are they? Where, what, what makes them tick again? What are the situations that they're facing? Usually people say, okay, it's just everybody, all, all Latinos care only about immigration, but that's not necessarily true. We need to dem- demystify the process of targeting Latinos and trying to bunch them into places of origin, for instance. There are certain things we have a lot of common ground with what is important to Latinos. For instance, our families, and everybody knows that that family is a big value, but not everybody knows how work ethic is a huge value. Being able to find jobs that are good for their families, respect for generations. So, for instance, in the in the Latino community, it's not unusual to see homes with multi-generations living there, you know, the, the, the grandparents or even the, the great-grandparents sometimes take care of the, the children and they all live together. That's why of one of the reasons that Latino communities might be more affected right now with COVID because, because everybody, you know, we have older people living with the younger ones. So what is important to them would be a better way to segment, to sub-segment the Latino community, and not necessarily by place of origin. Okay. What does volunteerism look like in the Hispanic and Latinx communities? Oh, what an interesting question. Actually, the, the, the Latino community in general loves to serve. We get very, very exciting by serving because one of the most important values is connection. So we love to connect and serve. When my kids were young, actually my youngest was a baby, I was the executive director for an organization serving the homeless in Houston. And it was very interesting to see, and it was not only what I saw, research showed that homelessness within the Latino community looked very different than other communities. For instance, what what was categorized as homelessness was that they were living in a place that was not theirs. But it was very uncommon to see families with children or homeless people that were Latinos on the street because because the the Latino communities serve each other. They volunteer. They don't have to get organized to volunteer. If they see someone in need, usually they take them in or they help them, et cetera. That is one of of the... very interesting dynamics that exist in the Latino community, funds get used to help each other. People, people make, um, make fundraisings with making food and things like that, but not necessarily through an organization. And this, is, this has to do with the history that many of these people have faced in the past. For instance, in their country of origins, there's a very low trust in organizations. They have been, there's a, you know, there's corruption and there's other difficult situations in the structure of these economies. So people, people are used to help each other instead of going to an organization and ask for help. 
or go and donate money to an organization. And that's one of the great opportunities that that strategists wanting to address the Latino community for donations can address. They can train, educate, build trust among between organizations and the Latino cohort. They can they can show with facts, not only with words, that they care about their community. I think if that connection would made, Latinos would be willing to give a lot, lot more. Plus, the organizations would feel more comfortable asking for donations. I think there's lots of money being left on the table because there's not because because a bridge needs to be built there with trust and with authenticity and knowing each other. And I would even say with joy, with joy of learning from each other, with um, with the objective of having this sense of wonder. Tell me, tell me, who are you? And let me tell you what I can do for you. So we can share resources and then make a better impact in this world, in your world, in my world, because it's honestly the same world. We know we all are Americans. We, the Latino population is, a, according to research, is, is a population that it's not bicultural, it's ambicultural. We live in both. We are 100% American. We feel 100% American and we feel 100% Latinos. And so it's very, very easy for us to be empathetic and understand different cultures or different or different worlds within our own country and our own and this is what i think we need the most in our country right now we need unifying forces that could help us understand each other without without having the feeling of having to leave who we are to understand the other so the latino community can do that naturally because we love our cultures because we love to connect because we love to communicate and, and we love to serve. And I hope that we can really start building these bridges because, again, it's a win-win-win. You know, everybody wins. One of the research that I love is the Latino community. Usually groups feel very comfortable with their own groups, with people that they think are like them. And the Latino community in general, because they feel they are both, a hundred percent American and a hundred percent Latino, and because we're not a race, we're a culture. We we can navigate cultures very easily, and we can relate to different people. So one of the research that I love most is one that shows that, for instance, on Facebook, most of the friends of a Latino Latina on Facebook belong to different races. We have white friends, and we have black friends, and we have. Asian friends and, and, and Latino friends. And we want everyone to be well. We, we like to open our homes and our culture to everyone else. So, so I think that we have a, a bright future as we start connecting with each other. Patty, thanks again for joining us on the Beacon Podcast. You've shared wonderful insight today. Thank you so much, David. Well, and be sure to keep up with Patty by visiting remastrategy.com. And again, David Key here, thanking you for listening to the Beacon Podcast, your connection to nonprofit success. Thank you, David. Thanks for listening to the Beacon, your connection to nonprofit success. Tune in every week for nonprofit topics with special guest interviews. Suggest future topics and learn more about upcoming podcast and guest at lighthousecouncil.com.